I love found footage movies. It probably comes from my entire buying in of um, the Blair Witch Project, and actually not just that film, but the uh, um, the documentary that they created around that film, which I think was so well done, hooked me in and uh, made me poo-poo caca whenever I saw it, and it still does actually. Since then, I've loved found footage movies, and yes, I know the issues around them, issues around surely that they wouldn't be carrying a camera around. Um, for instance, in a recent film set in the in the 60s, where there's a, a priest carrying a very large camera around most of the time, and he was only a, a quite a slight bloke, I would have thought that he probably wouldn't want to carry that camera around the whole time. But, you know, some of the best horror movies, I believe, of the uh, of the last decade or, or, or a couple of decades have been found footage movies in particular the original version of Wreck which is, is I think only 70 minutes long and you couldn't really have it any longer because I don't think I could cope with that the very immediacy of this and then the differences in the genre where people are able to um to look at what you can see, to look at the ways that that can be moved around. So, you know, the way that that can be can be manipulated. I like the way that works. And so, here's a movie that both has the found footage and also has an extraordinary central performance. This movie... It's one of my favourite horror movies, probably of recent years. This is the 2014 movie, Creep. Yes, there is a Creep that's set in the London Underground, but this is a very different movie. This is a very taut very on edge, very airless movie and it's really set up beautifully for uh, found footage because the basic idea is a two-hander really, there's a third voice but it's a two-hander and it's about a gentleman who accepts um, an advert to um, take his camera and film somebody who wants to make a a goodbye tape or a goodbye DVD for his unborn son because he has a brain tumour which is inoperable and he only has a few weeks left. That's the basic plot. There's something a bit more later on which we'll talk about but the majority of the movie are two people getting to know each other and breaking down that kind of wariness with each other. And in a social media situation where people can meet virtually and then can meet really because of that, this is really important. If you've got friends who give you likes, if you've got friends who do LOL, who give you thumbs up for your tweets and your Facebook posts that doesn't necessarily mean that you're friends 
You can't call on them if there's an issue for you. You couldn't not speak to them for five years and then pick up exactly where you left off. And this is the basic, one of the issues of social media. They panders to our ego without having to make any real connections. And you know, OEM Forster said only connect. And that's part of this movie, which, which came together um, from Patrick Bryce, who directs, and from Mark Duplass, who plays central character Joseph in an extraordinary performance. And it, it, it seems so um, bedded in and so odd in that way. Because the uh, the two people had discussions uh, regularly about what they were going to, the, the way this was going to, to, to go, the kind of discussions they would have um, in each in each um, scenario. Um, and because they talked about the film so much and the different permutations, they could go so many ways with it. In fact, they said they, they could have gone 10 to 12 different ways with that. They talk about um, films like My Dinner with Andre and Fatal Attraction, and that clearly is something that's... Um, apparent here but the main thing for me is he mentions Craigslist and you know that very dangerous apparently uh, social media um, hookup um, app he says that it, it was based around several strange or a myriad a lot of strange Craigslist experiences and you know barriers are broken down if somebody comes to the door, knocks on the door and says, and you say, I don't know who you are, who are you? You're not going to let them in. If they say, I'm part of that group, you know, that community group that you talk with on Facebook. Yeah, I think I might know who you are. Yeah, come in. That's the danger here. How well do you really know these people? And here, Aaron, who's um, struggling for money, accepts the job quite blithely actually he goes to a remote cabin where he meets Joseph I suppose he thinks I'm a big guy I can probably handle myself but Joseph puts him both at his ease and makes him wary as well and it's this wonderful performance from Duplass which is so so wonderful because in a way he overplays it. And I know that some critics said it would have been even better, and it was well critically received, but it would have been even better if Duplass had held a little bit back. But really, I think that all the competing things here are uh, really important because it's that moment that Aaron decides to stay. They have a day together and clearly right from the beginning Duplass is or, or Joseph is keen to see him keen to see anyone we're not sure where his wife is particularly he's also seems heartfelt he's hurt 
of course, as his apparent impending death seems really, um, really wants to get the uh, um, the DVD for his unborn son done. But he has a kind of petulant feel and a sort of feel, a, a really open-faced feel that he needs and wants to be loved and to make a connection. And you feel that actually he isn't loved even by the woman he says is his wife. And you feel that he is in a remote place himself anyway. He has a kind of childlike puppyish feel. And the film was going to be called Peach Fuzz. Because at one point in the film we come across a a wolf mask. He talks about how his father had a wolf mask and he puts it on and there was a he says, and there's a song that goes with it. And then proceeds to give us a ridiculous song with appalling dad dancing come cheerleading moves that he's clearly made up on the spot. There's no comment on that. There's never any comment from what Aaron does here when he's recording him, when he's filming him. He just shows us this. And there's also a feeling that very early on you get some scares when um, generally Joseph will jump out at Aaron. But this comes from a kind of um, need to ramp up the friendship. We met 10 minutes ago. Now we are great friends. He takes him to a remote spot. And the whole time you are thinking, this is a remote spot and anything can happen. And yet Aaron doesn't seem like he feels vibes where he should be uh, carrying a knife, for instance. Takes him to a remote forest and says, I'm walking a long time now. I said, okay, I need to show you something, then we'll go and get some food. And he shows him a lovely heart-shaped sinkhole in a rock, you know, which is lovely to see. So although you've got something that he want, you think this is going to go nowhere, he's going to leave him on a, on, a, on a wild goose chase and probably hurt him. No, he provides something that actually is beautiful. The reason why he wants to show that is that he wants to show how emotionally naked he is and how he needs someone. And not just emotionally naked. At one point he says, one thing my dad used to do is, you know, he used to uh, put him in the bath and they had some some great times together and, and they used to call it a tubby. And what I would like to do is recreate that. So, of course, he strips and gets in the bath and mimes putting his son in the bath. Calling it a tubby is a kind of barriers down feel. And you do feel that Joseph... Experiences feels everything to the nth degree. There are no particular social mores where he would think, I really shouldn't call it that because of what he might feel about me. He lays himself bare and says, here I am. This is what I am. I'm, I'm uh, arrogant and petulant and loving and worrying all at the same time. You know he's making things up. After they visited the heart-shaped hole, he says, I'll take you to a diner where, you know, the pancakes are are, are the best thing. And they look at the menu and he says, hmm, menu must have changed. You know he hasn't been there before. But there are pancakes. So they eat the pancakes. And after they've had their day and explained things, 
There's a moment when they return to the cabin and Aaron says, I think I should go. And watching, you're thinking, yes, you really should go because this openness from Joseph, we do not know where that will go. He's given us no steers as to where he might be going with this. You know, he might just want friendship. He might want to make a move on you. He might want to try and hurt you. And at that point, Josie says, I should go. And he says, no, you, you can stay. I'll, I'll pour you a drink. And like all great horror movies, the decision is made to stay. Aaron then um, drugs Joseph. Can't find his car keys. Where are they? And receives, gets a call on Joseph's uh, phone, which is his sister saying, you should just go. And he does go, but there is a struggle regarding this and a quite a sad and frightening moment when uh, Joseph is faced with some of the, his behavior and some of the possible lies and just runs. And then he's barring the door, wearing the peach fuzz mask. And it shouldn't be scary. This is a cartoon mask. But because we can't get a steer on this character, and because, as opposed to hiding anything, he's he, he looks open-faced, he has a big face, and he is open-faced here, because we don't know where he's going. He could do anything. It's great that he does that, because he leaves us to make our own conclusions. The second part of the movie concentrates on Aaron at home because he receives missives via DVD from Joseph, the first one of him digging a grave or digging something. He assumes it's a grave. See what I mean about putting your own thoughts on it? He then receives a toy wolf, a stuffed wolf, peach fuzz, and a locket with both their faces in it. An, expl- an, expl- an explanatory uh, explanatory DVD about how he overreacted. But it doesn't get left there. And Joseph wants to get closer to Aaron physically and does so in his own property. The last DVD he receives, or the second to last, is an angry DVD because he's gone through his trash and found the locket. So now we're getting more information here. What we suspected was the situation, but the last DVD is another mea culpa from Joseph. And he's been doing this all the way through the movie with a request from a park, which he said he's open and anyone can see, to meet him there. And Aaron does, and he videos it, or DVDs it, and that becomes part of Joseph's collection. I won't tell you what happens, but I'm sure you can guess. And right at the end of this movie, he makes a decision, Aaron, again. The decision is, should I go 
or is this a full stop enough? When he's saying on the on the DVD to me, I, I, I know it, that if you don't want to come, I know that and I understand why. And let's just leave it at that. But I'd love to meet you and explain. He makes a decision to go. And that's what it's all about. You make decisions in this movie. The decision to take the job. The decision to stay. The decision to go and meet that person. Because he imprints on Joseph what he wants to see as well. And he's not sure in the movie whether this is just somebody who's agreeably eccentric. There's a lot of eye contact. There's a lot of pauses. There's a lot of openness. As I say, quite a lot of what he says is stuff that you wouldn't generally say to somebody you don't know. And and so it's as if barriers are down already. If you meet somebody in the street and they hold your gaze too long, and you don't know them, and they hold your gaze too long, and they start talking about things that, they, that, that, that interest them, or they start asking questions about you, you're instantly wary. If they make you laugh, that might be a different matter. And if you said goodbye to them, maybe that might be stopping something which could blossom into something wonderful. It's all about decisions. And the beauty of this movie is that it's so simple, but so complex because of the openness that Duplass gives us. It's a great piece of work. He has such openness. Or does he? It might be all a game. But he seems to have such openness and such contradiction that you can make of him what you will. He's not exactly an everyman figure. It's not that kind of movie. But his performance is bold. It's brave because it's big and it leaves everything out there. It's five out of five for Creep because this is something that should be seen and needs to be seen. And I hope you will go and see it. Or seek it out. Because you won't be disappointed, I assure you. Or will you? It's your decision. Ta-ta.